morning. The uh, reading this morning is from Hebrews chapter 10, um, entitled A Call to Persevere. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain, that is, his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. May God bless our reading this morning. Thank you. Last week I, um, I spoke on, on 1 Corinthians 3, which talked about um, planting seeds, uh, watering seeds, and allowing God to give the growth. Um, and, uh, and isn't it just the way? I, I preached for, I don't know, 20, maybe 25 minutes last week. Uh, and as I was reading a book this week, I read a, a paragraph which summed it all up. <laughs> if only the Lord had led me to it earlier, I could have saved you all that last week. I just want to read this one paragraph to you because it's really, uh, it's really key. He says, ultimately there is nothing that you or I can do to cause growth. To cause ourselves to grow. God is the one who gives the growth. It's just like a vegetable garden. You can till the soil, you can put the right mix of fertiliser in, you can plant the seeds and then you can water them. But you cannot truly force or cause the plants to grow. And it's the same with sleeping. You can't tell yourself to sleep and force it to happen. You can, however, create the conditions in which sleep will come. In the same way, no programme, no strategy, no matrix or pathway, none of those alone will cause your church members to grow. Growth is up to God. And it's ultimately his responsibility. However... We cannot let that be a cop-out for doing nothing. We still have a role to play in growth, as outlined in Scripture, and then he quotes 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So if you're watching online and you didn't watch last week's sermon, there it is in a nutshell for you. Um, If you did, my apologies. Maybe I'll have a, a paragraph for next week as well about this week's sermon. Um, I'd like two volunteers, please, and I think I've picked them already. (laughs) Why should we only let the children have fun? Um, So I'd like two volunteers, and um, and they are Mike and Ian. If you could just come forward for me. Thanks. And we'll only be a minute or two. Well, uh, yeah, probably. Brilliant. So if you'd like to turn and face people, and we'll just check that you're on screen as well. I'll give them a minute to... There we go. Excellent. So... uh, I've got a challenge for each of you um, on the count of three and I want you to do something similar but different. Okay? Great. Um, It's really... uh, No, it's simple. It's simple. Um, I've talked an awful lot about an awful lot of detail today but this is really simple. So, on the count of three, Ian, I need you to to just breathe out and and then hold your breath. Okay? Um, And Mike, on the count of three, I need you to breathe in 
and hold your breath. Okay? One, two, three. Great, okay. And there'll be no cheating because we trust them. Um, But that's it, it's simple, isn't it? Now we wait. And we wait. First aiders on standby? (laughs) Good, good. Oh, right, okay. Now, brilliant, thank you. Nobody's passed out, that's good. They've still got to get back to their seats in a minute. Um, But you've just made my point for me brilliantly. Thank you. If you'd like to just go and take your seats. Thank you very much. Give them a round of applause. They did all right. They did all right. So, so we, we all do that every day. We all breathe in and we all breathe out every day. Which is the most important? Breathing in or breathing out? Both important. You can't do one without the other. If you decide that breathing in is the most important and you're going to stop there, there will be no breathing out. And vice versa. They're both important. We must do both. Our, our theme today, our title today is Gathered to Scatter. We've talked previously about the gathered church, which is what we are today, um, and, uh, and what we do in our life groups and in other contexts as well, but the gathered church, where the church comes together. And we talked about being the scattered church, that when we leave this place, um, that we are still the church. And yet we are the church in pockets around our town and our community. We are the church in our workplace. We are the church amongst our um, family who are not at the church. So um, we're talking about being gathered in order to scatter. And just as with breathing, there is no this one's more important than this one. Because actually you can't do one without the other. Well, you can, but you can't do it well. You can't do it effectively. You can't do it efficiently. So we have gathered today, most of us in the room, but there will be a handful online for lots of reasons as well today. We've gathered today in order to scatter. We haven't come here. I mean, we're going to have a picnic and and coffee as well afterwards, but we haven't come here to stay here all week. Some, Some of us feels like it, doesn't it? The staff team, but... But we haven't come to stay here all week. We've come in order to go. We've come in order to scatter. And when we've scattered, we'll gather again. And then when we've gathered, we'll go. And we'll scatter once again. Last week I talked about uh, growing as disciples. Next week we're talking about going into the community. But today we're kind of focusing on the importance of gathering. Why do we gather and how does it help us to scatter? And I realise that I'm preaching to the converted here, that you're already here and that you're already online. Um, So actually it's probably others who need to hear this message, but, but it's an important one to share. We have gathered in order to scatter. And when we gather, we are family. We gather as family. And as I said in one of the quotes last week, We gather with people that we wouldn't choose to gather with, probably. Look around the church for a minute. Look along your row. 
keep your mouth quiet. But <laughs> are, we, are we the kind of people we would naturally gather with? No. These are the people that God has given us to gather with. But we gather together as family, and it should be a priority for us, as meeting with our family should be a priority for us. We gather together as a community. We gather together to encourage one another. But we gather together in order to go, to scatter. John chapter 15, Jesus said, You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you. And I appointed you that you might go and bear fruit, and fruit that will last. You did not choose me, I chose you, and I've appointed you that you might go. So we have come here today together in order to do what Jesus has called us to do, which is to go and to scatter. And to scatter is our purpose, to go into all the world and to be good news and to share good news. Jim Wallace, um, uh, an American author um, and I think pastor, said, we have nothing to share with the world other than what we are sharing with each other. That part of what we do when we come together here is to talk to, together, to talk to one another, to learn together and to share our experiences, to hear from one another and grow in confidence with someone as they grow in confidence. If we, if we can't love one another within the church family, we will never love those that we meet outside the church family. If we don't know how to speak about good news here, we'll never be able to speak about good news out there. If we don't know how to share our journey of faith and our experiences of God's love together here, then we won't be able to do that in the community either. We have nothing to share with the world other than that which we are sharing together. I talked about um, Lead Academy earlier, um, and um, uh, Lead Academy, as I described, is, is a, a learning community. Um, and some colleges have renamed themselves from colleges to learning communities. Um, and the point is that we, we learn together in community. We come together to learn in community, and it's so much better than learning on our own. I could, I could go and read a book and learn something um, and try and put it into practice. Um, and I might learn a few lessons along the way, but actually, if we learnt together and practised together and then reflected together, we would learn so much more. If I went out and picked up um, uh, a hammer and a chisel or picked up a lathe, you don't pick up a lathe, but you know what I mean, grabbed a lathe, I would make an awful mess uh, for an awfully long time, unless um, I chose the, uh, the assistance of a, a trusted friend. Um, and if, if I got Mr. Cornwall to come with me, um, uh, then I would learn so much more than if I read a book and had a go myself. We, we come together in community to learn together. And we learn together by sharing the lessons that we are learning. Uh, it's been a, a real joy this week to, to have some conversations with people who are learning what God is doing in their life and have started to express it. And it's great because then I get to hear what God is doing and teaching them and then I can learn something from that as well for me. It's good to come together in community to encourage those who are struggling. We know that life isn't easy 
and we turn up here on a Sunday morning and most of us will just smile and say, yes, it's been a good week, thank you. And actually, you know that's not the case. But we come together to encourage and to support those of us who are struggling at different times. We come to to watch one another grow and to be encouraged by them. We come to share what God is doing. And uh, I wasn't here a couple of weeks ago um, and I, I caught up online. I think we were on holiday. Uh, I caught up online and it was, uh, we saw a glimpse of this when, uh, when Paul was talking about um, expectation. Um, and, uh, and at the end of his preach, he said, I've just got a sense that we just need to wait and see what God's doing. Because God's doing something. And then somebody spoke and somebody else spoke and somebody else spoke and there was a real sense of of God being in that that, and we got to learn from that I think three different people spoke all around the same thing of what God had been doing in their lives that week and one person stood up and said I think that's a message for me but it might be for somebody else as well so we come together we gather together like this in order to hear those kind of things from one another and to hear those things from God Yesterday, a few of us uh, uh, were able to attend a men's breakfast at South Woodham Ferrers at the um, Evangelical Church there, uh, and we got to hear Ian share his testimony. Now, some of us had heard it before, some of us had not heard it before, uh, and all the guys at that church and their men's breakfast had never heard it before. But we got to hear what, what God has been doing in Ian's life, in his faith, um, how that's been growing over time. Next week, I hope that we'll have another testimony to share. I just need to have a conversation about it, but um, a testimony of what God is doing and the lessons that are being learned along the way, because the lessons are never just for us. The lessons are for each of us. Our purpose of gathering each week is to equip us to scatter and to be good news in places where we go through the week. To equip and sustain us for the opportunities and the challenges that are presented to every one of us, everywhere, every day. So what did you hear today in our reading of God's Word? See, we could come and do that every week and just say, right, we're going to hear, we're going to hear the Word and now we're going to talk about, well, what, what did you hear? What's God saying to you in it? Maybe we should do that. Maybe we will do that. But maybe I'll let you know before we hear God's word spoken. Um, but here's what, here's what I believe God was saying to me for us today in his word. And it starts off that, um, that, uh, that phrase about having confidence. That's why uh, I shared it as we opened the, uh, the gathering this morning and, and then it's been read by Al as well. It talks about the fact that we should have confidence as we approach God because Jesus has made the way for us to enter what he describes as the most holy place. Now we can do that on our own. We can do that on the bus or on the train or in the garden. We can do that at home. We can do that while we're running through the woods or whatever it is that we do. But I think there's a strong clue in there in verse 21 that we should do it together. Because in verse 21 it says, and and we have a great high priest over the house of God. And the house is where people live and where they gather together. And it goes on in verse 22 to say, let us draw near to God. 
So as we have confidence in approaching God and going into that most holy place, we can do that on our own because Jesus has made the way. But I think it's very clear that we should also do that together, that we come here to gather together in order to enter that place together. We can worship God on our own, but we can come together and worship God together as his gathered people. Let us draw near to God. And it goes on, if you, uh, if you look throughout the passage that was read today, there are a number of uh, plural statements. It's not about you, you do this, you do that, you do the other. It says, we and us, since we, then let us. And it talks about our hearts, our bodies, the hope that we profess. We do these things together as we gather And then it gets very specific about what we are to do when we gather. It says that we are to spur one another on, to stir up in a good way, uh, to provoke, to invite one another to love and good deeds, encouraging one another. That's what we're to do when we gather. That's what we're to do when when we're having tea and coffee afterwards, when we're just chatting and finding out actually how are you doing. How can we be an encouragement to the person that we're talking to? But how can we stir one another up to love and good deeds, not just here, but wherever we go through the week? And it says not to give up meeting together. We're family and we are created to be in family. Go back to Genesis. It's not good for man to be alone. We are to be a family together. We're created for that community. And it Let's be honest, it hurts when we are distant or estranged. And that's because that's not how we are created to be. And now we know the the challenges of lockdown and Zoom. And we know that there were extreme circumstances and that we had to do the best we could do. And the best we could do at times was to gather online, which was enough for a time in those extreme circumstances but as we've uh, as some have had to continue gathering online for them they would say it's enough but my desire is to be in the room on Sunday morning to gather in person with my family Zoom is only second best don't stop don't give up meeting together There's another translation um, which says, don't neglect meeting together, which I think is stronger language. But it talks about desertion, it talks about abandoning one another. That when we choose not to be here, when we decide that actually, you know what, I'll I'll come once a month because actually that's, that's okay, that's enough. That actually we're neglecting one another by doing that. That the, the community, the family, the fellowship, suffers as a result of that. So do not, do not stop, do not give up, do not neglect meeting together, but encourage one another. Encourage one another. In contrast to the giving up. And it says then, and do it all the more as you see the day approaching. Do not stop meeting together, do not neglect one another, but encourage one another and do it all the more as you see the day approaching. 
our gathering together is important because it prepares us for the going, which we'll talk about next week. There's um, the, the book that I quoted from earlier. Uh, it's a book that I read over the... Um, where are we now? Must have been the summer. Is that the one we just left? Yeah. It was over the summer. Um, and it's called No Silver Bullets. And it talks about five, five changes, um, shifts that you can make in church life, um, which may be helpful. He's not so arrogant as to say you must do this, but may be helpful. Um, and there's, um, there's a bit where um, he talks about the three most influential things that we can do, we individually can do, to see ourselves grow as disciples. Um, and I, ju- I should just say there's a note here that says I need to nod at Daza. This is your, this is your cue to, uh, to message Ruti then get them back. Um, uh, so there's three, the three most influential things that we can do to see ourselves grow as disciples. And to use his phrase from earlier, the things that we can do to create the conditions that enable us to grow. Um, and, uh, and think back to that list I gave you earlier, very briefly. I didn't expect you to take notes, but that list of ongoing steps, things that we do to make sure we're growing. And the top three of those are to read your Bible, and he, he says very clearly, this, this isn't study your Bible, that's something else. Just read your Bible. And he says, if you, if you read your Bible even once a month for five minutes, that will, that will help you to grow in a way that you will not grow if you're not reading it. He says, you know, I'd love you to read it every day for half an hour. But if you only read it five minutes once a month, you will grow. This is based on a huge amount of research. I won't bore you with all of that. Um, he's not just saying these things. It's, it's, um, it's been researched thoroughly. But obviously, read your Bible every day, ideally, and you'll grow more. And that's backed up by the research that they did. So read your Bible is one. Gathering for worship is another. And again, if you do it once a month, you will grow. But if you do it every week, you will grow more. And if you decide not to do it, then you're less likely to grow. You could still be doing all the other things, but this will be a vital ingredient missing. As I say, I'm preaching to the converted. And then the final thing is engagement in what we would call a life group or a small group. He says that in itself is a huge, it's the third most um, impactful thing that you can do to see growth as a disciple, to engage regularly to a small group, to commit to a small group. So as I say, there are many other. There were, he's, he's narrowed it down to eight, which I won't share today, but it came from a list of about 44 things. We'll maybe talk about those another week. But these are the conditions we need to create in order for us to grow. And these are the top three things that we can do. So you see the importance of gathering in, in this bit of research, second only um, to um, reading the word. Gathering together is the next thing. And then engaging in a small group, which is still gathering, but a different context, is the thing after that. Mark Green um, says, We need to return to Jesus' instruction to make disciples to become lifelong learners and practitioners in learning communities. Communities that are focused on equipping people to go. And specifically to go where those who don't know Jesus are. 
we need to get back to Jesus' approach and to Paul's approach, which was gathering people together in small groups, in fellowship groups, in homes, life groups, huddles, and training them to look differently at the world and training them for going into the world. It's become increasingly clear that healthy churches are those which encourage people, whether inquirers new to the faith or whether established believers, encourage them to deepen their discipleship by becoming part of a small group, part of a a mutually accountable community in which they grow in all aspects of their faith. Our purpose as a church is to go into all the world and to make disciples. And we gather regularly to encourage, to grow together, and to ensure that we're equipped for the commission that God has given us. And I'm reminded that the, uh, the plural of disciple is not disciples. The plural of disciple is church. That we are to be, as you'll see on the slide there, the church gathered. We are to be the church gathered. But we gather... We gather in order to go. We gather to scatter. If you can put the next slide on, please. We gather in order to scatter. We gather not for the sake of seeing one another, beautiful though that is. We gather to grow together and we grow together in order to scatter. We have a purpose and that purpose is to scatter and to go and to make disciples. Currently in our, um, our series, Our focus is on our discipleship and on being growing disciples. But um, next year, at the start of the year, we'll be looking at a focus on making disciples. So at the minute, it's about uh, you and me focusing on you and me. Um, But there is a process by which we are to disciple each other. So we'll look at that a little bit more. But then we'll move on to what does it mean to make disciples of non-believers? And as we get past Easter, we will talk about that a little bit more as well. I want to just end with um, with a a paraphrase of the reading that that, uh, Al read for us earlier. We have a, a great high priest over the house of God. Let us commit to one another. Let us continue to draw near to God together. To hold unswervingly to the faith that we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us not give up meeting together but instead gather regularly and consider how we might encourage one another and spur one another on to love and good deeds to sharing our journeys of faith together to telling our stories of God at work in us and through us but let's do it in order that we are equipped and ready for every opportunity that God presents to us as we scatter. Amen. Amen. And welcome back to the seedlings and the saplings. Rooted are on their way. Um, there will be a comfort break in a moment. I just want us to stop for a minute um, and to have a time of response. And one of the things that we're going to do. Um, to encourage each one of us individually to be um, a learner and someone who is growing in Christ uh, is regularly to ask ourselves three questions. We'll encourage your life group leaders to ask these questions of you, um, but it's for you to use in any context 
uh, an aid to reflection. And the questions are these. The first one is, what is God saying to me? So in a moment I'm going to ask you to ask yourself that question. The second one is, now I know what God is saying to me, what am I going to do about it? And the third one is, who do I need to help me do the thing or hold me to account for the thing that I've said I'm going to do? It's so simple, but it's incredibly powerful. If you believe today that God has spoken to you clearly about something, he's asked you to do something or to change something, you need to be clear about what that is. But then I want you to answer the question, well, what are you going to do about it? What's your response? And then just as important is, who do you need to help you? And it might be, I can't do this on my own. I need someone to assist me with it. Or it might be, I need someone to hold me to account for it. So I might go to Linda today and say, God's told me that I need to do this. This is what he said. This is what I've got to do. And that's what I'm going to resolve to do. But I need you, Linda, to come and check on me in three weeks' time and see how I'm doing. And give me a slap around the head if I've not done it. Who might you need to assist you to do something? But who might you need to hold you to account for it? So let's just pause just for a couple of moments and ask yourself those three questions. What is God saying to me? What am I going to do about it? And who do I need to help me?